This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And today we will be talking about first person platforming in video jump, games. Jump, 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 jump. Mm. Yes, jump That's on a- it. Um, j- jump on it. Yes. Ba- ba. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Don't That's what we're talking me. about. So. First person platforming appears in a lot of different types of games. Basically, we're talking about any game where you got to jump, you got to sprint, dive, I don't know, any sort of precision need for movement in a first person game. Um, I think of any game from like Portal all the way up to like Mirror's Edge, those kinds of like precision based, really fast paced first person platforming games and everything in between. So. I think an interesting thing about platforming, right? Platforming is like one of the iconic genres of video games, starting with like 2D platformers like Mario and stuff like that. And I think Mario and the way it controls is really intuitive. Like people just get it, right? But when you move to the 3D space, I feel like first person, like platforming becomes a lot more complicated to execute well in a video game. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, if you think about it, right? I I think sometimes some of the most... The, the to make the experience sort of unique to a three third axis of exp- <laughs> I don't know of experience of space okay? time right yeah of space time <laughs> you kind of you would sort of expect that that axis is leveraged because what I mean is in my experience most of the compelling first person platforming experiences we actually like we're just playing Ghost Runner Correct. like um, leverage. Like, you need to have the platforming, uh, at least what is expected of you from a platforming uh, perspective, clearly visible in front of you. You Like, not diagonally to the side or whatever. Like, you still sort of need to keep it within the player's, like, attentional focus box, which almost feels like you make it two-dimensional at, at times. Interesting. Um, and that it... Yeah, I I think part I agree with you though. I think that part of the reason why some some people don't like maybe enjoy it in first person is because you do have that third dimensional. Actually, have you ever played a like two dimensional first person game like where you can't move left or I'm right? I'm thinking about like endless runners, right? There's a lot of endless runner games that are like first person, um, or there's some, and but and you're moving left and right or up and down. So it is two-dimensional because there's not that third dimension, but it's a first-person mm-hmm. two-dimensional platformer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. Where the movement is left and up, and you're automatically moving forward, which I guess takes away that dimension, essentially. Yeah. and But do you like them? Do you feel it's like kind of cheesy? I, they're novel, but I don't think... like like I would play them as like a... Mobile game? Distraction. Yeah, exactly. There's a mobile <laughs> game called Race the Sun. That's this, and it's very fun, but it's that, just that. It's not deep. It's not. Well, let me ask you right away, because I, I uh, one thing I will say personally for me, the games that I've played uh, had first-person platforming experiences. We include Bi- Bi- uh, Ghost Runner. I only played it 
on PC with a demo. Uh, I played the de- demo for it on PC. I ended up playing with this like weird combination of my left hand was with the controller and my right hand was with the mouse because yeah. I'm going to say I didn't like the controls on controller. Uh, it's not necessarily the game's fault. I think it, was, it feels like it was made, right? And it sounds like you agree, made for a keyboard and mouse. I, right? I just think as we've discussed many times, controllers are insufficient for really precise like look like movement in games where it requires you to both move and look very quickly at different areas right it's just controllers are not made for that kind of game and ghost runner is that kind of game and i think a lot of first person platformers are that kind of game too so i think that may be another reason that first person platforming is so disliked is possibly because a lot of people's experiences with it are on console where they're playing it with a controller and i really i hate first person platforming on a controller dude it just feels like you you the game's playing you <laughs> from from the perspective of like I agree that, uh, I, I totally agree that the right, and that's actually right, that's what ended up happening for me. The right thumbstick of a controller is crap, right? Like for, for the, that in general, like for first person shooters, that's your, like, um, aiming right, right. joystick, if you will. And the left thumb, the left joystick is your, your <laughs> legs, your, your yeah. legs, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I ended up doing. I switched out my right thumbstick because the right thumbstick felt so awful on no. Ghost Runner with the mouse. I mean, imagine if in real life you were trying to aim a gun or whatever, and you had to move at a constant speed to whatever spot you wanted it to be at, and you couldn't it's change unnatural. that speed, right? Like, it just doesn't make sense for actual precision. So, And yeah. Ghost Runner is definitely one of those games, and I think a lot of first-person platforms are. When you were playing Portal, were you playing on controller or mouse and keyboard? Probably controller. Okay, because I don't remember you complaining at all about the platforming elements of it. I don't think. Well, I don't think it was as demanding. They're very slow. Yeah, yeah, totally not. It's very. It's much more like you know what you need to do. You have lots of time to set it up, right? So yeah. So like for example, playing. uh, So the platforming experiences I, I have had going into this conversation, I was thinking. Doom and Destiny 2 were the two that I came to mind. I also think Halo 5, like especially in multiplayer, has platforming elements for sure. So I guess you could say that. Halo, all of the Halos have always had this like jump meta to them in multiplayer where mm-hmm. you're pulling off these like f- weird ass jumps with cr- uh, crouch jumping into some weird crevice up there right. then hopping over. So I guess that's an element of platforming. Now, a weird... An interesting thing about, uh, especially the old Halos, and it's a point of, of argument in the community over the clamber mechanic that was introduced in Halo 5. And this actually sort of addresses the right thumbstick issue we just talked about. That in the old Halos, you would be like in a gunfight, and then you would be processing this like jump backwards, then crouch jump and feel yourself like hit that geometry and then spring forward on another jump. Uh That's all left hand. You know what I'm talking? You know what I mean? Totally. And the right hand is just in halo. Halo is not outside of the sniper. Halo is a long time to kill. You're trying to keep your reticle on something for a long time. It's not a twitchy. You know what I mean? You're not trying to just aim for the head and then shoot, then go aim somewhere for someone else's head. That actually turned into so this whole n- notion of leveraging crouch jumping to get into spaces and whatever. I, I don't know that that turned into a, a a meta game in Halo Five where you had clamber and you could save yourself a second and not have to reorient yourself on that axis when you 
just crouch jumped instead of clambered. Anyway, so for Halo, uh, that's an interesting point, I, I guess, that I'm, I'm realizing is the, the fun of those jumps again comes from the left hand. Uh, yeah. The left-hand experience, the WASD experience, and that, if you will. But then the question comes, right? Then are, is it really a 3D platformer? Or are you really just playing like more of a like linear 2D platformer in a way? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say you make the, the, the kinds of jumps you make are definitely in three dimensions. Right, right. But it is true they have eliminated the – you. There are some jumps where you technically do need to be looking at a certain angle for your fucked up hitbox to get into a space. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I would say that's not the case. Right. Um, right. Whereas so, yeah, a ghost runner, like you have to look to do a grapple hook or to kill a guy. If you're not looking in the right. right direction, you won't be able to dodge the bullet. Right. Like I think Ghost Runner, honestly, since Mirror's Edge, I've never played a game that felt so like perfect execution of what I consider to be good like fast paced first person platforming um, Mirror's Edge did it great and Mirror's Edge was a very linear experience and like you were saying one thing in 3D platforming that can be hard is like knowing where you're supposed to go kind of what's in your space and Mirror's Edge did a great job because it highlighted like the elements of the area you could interact with so like you could turn that off obviously for layer playthroughs but it was really nice to give the player just that sense of like oh this is what, where I need to do my platforming but um, right. yeah, and Ghost Runner does sort of similar things. Like different objects are clearly meant to be platformed with and not. And as you play, you like absorb like what their visual style is for that. I thought they did a good of the levels I played. I it never was confusing what I needed to do. I yeah. guess. Um, and some layer levels get really complicated, and it still is feels relatively like good. Um, in that sense, like that you do know what's going on. Especially because in a lot of them where they're pretty complicated, you start at a vantage point where you can see, like, the majority of the whole area. So even if once you get in the area, it can be a little confusing, you have an opportunity to, like, take it in and, under like, formulate a plan before you just dive in and just, like, have no idea what's going on. Right. Uh, another thing that I thought – this is interesting because I just – I'm almost done with Doom. I still oh have God. not played the final one day boss. We'll do a Doom will, podcast will, if Anthony ever finishes the game. I will one of these days. Um, and I, the platforming experiences, this is Doom 2016 that I'm talking about. Um, I were some of the lower points of my enjoyment of Doom so far. I think so they're far. pretty mediocre in Doom 2016. And well, and I think part of the reason why I don't like them is because they're. Uh, too puzzly maybe is the question like and this is what i was kind of saying before i felt like in doom there were lots of cases where it was like oh that's where i need to go it's not clearly obvious when the and the, for that reason i felt just like cheated not well, like i the gameplay, solved the puzzle right the design wasn't about executing precise platforming it was about locating where you need to go and yeah it was like there. a puzzle of figuring out where you needed to go and then potentially depending on there were very the few jump. jumps that were actually like timing based or yeah. anything like that though there were a little they bit when you're too climbing tough. that big thing that's like the only time i remember where there were like timing based jumps though and those honestly that area was one of my least favorite areas because it was so confusing yeah i agree actually you know what that that brings up a, a mechanic conversation that i just really want quick want to have what are your thoughts on clambering Okay, because I I think that's involved here. 
I love clambering. I think for first, and I think it's almost necessary for good first person platformers because it is hard to like make precise jumps when you're not gonna be able to see what's below you, right? If you're looking forward, you have to basically just like know you're on the platform when you stop, right? And so right. clambering can give you a little bit of a leeway if you miss a jump or whatever like that. Cool. So I I don't disagree on that one. The one thing I don't really like about Doom had it, Ghost Runner had it, Halo 5 does not have it, noticeably. I don't know if Call of Duty does. Uh is the auto clamber. Yeah, I I think I don't so Ghost Runner has some interesting things where like there's definitely like a gravity on the walls where like if you get near it it'll like suck you to it so you wall run and it can be difficult to get off the walls and also you auto clamber there were definitely situations where i was trying to execute something where i would like get stuck to a wall and then my guy would like clamber onto some random thing in the geometry and i would just be like where the fuck did i just go (laughs) and and like not and then just fall in a pit right so right i but at the same time that game is so fast that i don't think i would have time to like decide that i actually want to clamber when i did want to clamber like it's nice yeah, the times fair. where I wanted to clamber, auto clamber was great for feeling for me. So I don't think I would want a button-based clamber, but I wouldn't mind if it was like toggleable, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would have been interested to see toggle. I can uh, I can see potentially what you're saying that at a certain point that game gets so fast that you don't want to have to manage that. Right. It's just um, less things to have to like keep in your decision matrix, right? Yeah. Again, like in Halo Five, that was a nice thing. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, but that is a very different speed of. It's a. Di- it's a totally different kind of game. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I think in Halo I, Five and those kinds of games, it makes a lot of sense, right? To, to have, have the button. To have the button. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being in a multiplayer gunfight and like you just like clamber. On a wall. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You don't want to have that experience. Um, now, I was, there was a point in Ghost Runner in the demo. Again, it's the demo. And they actually did an interesting thing where they were, I think they were like providing some exposition for the story <laughs> oh, yes. while you did some simple so, platforming. Yes. So there's an okay. area where you climb the tower, you're doing simple oh, platforming, you lose most of your mechanics, you just are, can, can move and jump. Um, this comes back multiple times throughout the game. There are these like puzzly interludes um, or like light platforming interludes where they do a lot of exposition or and that's also where you unlock your uh like extra abilities later you get a bunch of different you get like there's like four different abilities you get throughout the game like there's the first one is like a blink dash where you like hold down the button target an area and you just dash at that area and slash everything in your way and you can like go through bullets and all of that um that's cool and yeah so those areas are puzzles though the area to unlock that is like a tetris based puzzle basically where you have to step on buttons and move these things into a specific pattern um so that's interesting it's it's cool for exposition but i honestly think it was some of the weakest parts of that game because the fun thing about first person platforming is like executing crazy platforming not trying to do like slow precision that's what i think sucks in first person platforming what did you think of it from the perspective of uh the interest curve like was it nice that you got these you know slowdowns honestly not for me like i was hyped to just keep going because they're the levels get very long like there were levels that took me 40 minutes to beat just one level um and they have like slower paced sections throughout them right where you're just doing some chill platforming like for me the interest curve like 
the dip down to just doing platforming without combat versus doing combat is enough yeah, of a difference that I didn't need these like extra interludes. And in fact, in the Steam review I wrote of Ghost Runner, I said, play this game, suffer through the shitty puzzle sections so because it's worth it because the game is good enough. But yeah, some of those sections just I felt were much weaker than the rest of the game. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, what I was, I guess in line with that, what my what I was thinking is like, man, this is boring like the right, totally the they had amazing very super cool visuals going mm-hmm. on right there and i think that if you cared about the story that was probably interesting to you too because you could absorb but what it was, was going so on much the exposition in that scene was like yep. it was so long and so it felt like i was when i played the demo that part almost convinced me against like buying the game because I was really? like, if this is going to happen a lot in this game, I'm going to hate it. Like, I don't <laughs> want this to happen all the time. This had better be few and far between. And it was. There were not okay, that many sections of it. Not that okay. many. But there were. There were more, right? And it, and I was not excited. Anytime I knew I was going into one of those, I was like, fuck, this is going to be some dumb crap that I have to do. Yeah, I don't know. I would I, be like interested to see what when others... You, when you had to go into your platform, you, said you always got super pissed off when you had to like do anything that wasn't yes. fighting. Well, same exactly. I, did, uh, I, can, I totally understand why you felt that way. Like I said, I felt the same way. I was like, this is boring. They even took away my dash. Right. Like the most fun mechanic you have in the in the early platforming. Whoa. And I was like, it. I did a couple of jumps, and I'm like, the fuck's my dash? Right. Did they say that? Nope. That they took my dash? Nope. Well, that's garbage design. It's I'm sorry. So like yeah, all of a I sudden, I went into a room and I don't have a thing. Like it's because you're fuck? like in the cyber world, but they don't really explain that at all. You kind of yeah, understand they, it later, but there's no like explanation. But they, the guy, the AI, just has to tell me things are a little different here. You can't whatever right, you the don't fuck have it's called, your movement you know? abilities. Yeah, like the, anyway, that, that was just stupid. Yeah. Thankfully, it was like not. I didn't get really penalized hard for it. it. Wasn't like there was this one epic jump that if I lost, I had to restart the level, and then I didn't yeah. have my dash. So that's but. one thing that Ghost Runner and I think first-person platformers should do a great job of, which is checkpoint systems. Because first-person platforming can be hard enough to execute that when you finish an area, you should not have to do it again, and those areas should not be that long. Ghost Runner does this great. The areas, like generally any single area, to like execute it fully, if you did it like if you just did it in one try, would not take more than a few minutes if that but like obviously you might end up having to try them like a really long time but that's because they're hard but like when you actually execute it it takes like a few minutes so each time you restart you're only going back at maximum like a few minutes and then you beat it and then if you die again after that you you respawn at the end hmm okay well that's good that's good to hear i well, I, didn't, I don't think I played anything meaningful enough to have an yeah, opinion yeah, on there. Yeah, there are some sections later that are so hard. And if I if I finished like a section and I died and had to do it again, I probably would have just put down the game because they were like yeah. hard enough. Yeah. Like there okay, were, well, there were levels where I had 60 to 100 deaths. I least, Well, so. I was going to say just generally on platformers, that is one thing that I hate is like I just – I feel like at Game Maker's Toolkit actually just recently did a video on this, like the lives system was what uh-huh. it, the video was about. But I feel like it was similar here. It's it is, this yeah. design idea of really penalizing. 
of how you implement this penalty for like a failure and execution, whatever. And uh, I, there are so many times in 2D platformers, much less on 3D platformers, yeah. where I'm just like, fuck this, dude. I'm done. Right. Like, you're like, I don't want to redo this whole I fucking did 75% and you're going to make me start over? Like, fuck you. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, you're wasting my time, is what it feels like. Yep. Anyway, so, so okay, it's good but, to hear. Ghostwriter doesn't do that. Note, I, something funny that actually happened in Ghostwriter today that I thought was funny relating to lives was I got to the boss, right? And on the boss, when you die, you just start back at the beginning of the fight each time you get like the first boss i think takes four hits and each hit is a checkpoint in the fight so each phase oh, of the boss nice. is its own cool. well the boss fights are long and really difficult so if it would be horrible if it was if it wasn't right. that way okay um but the, the narrator person who was talking to me was like watch out this is for real if you get touched you're gonna die and it was like I've been one hit killed through the whole game and I just yeah. restart right at the beginning of the boss fight and it was trying to like make it tense from the narrative yeah. perspective because it, it, if I actually died, obviously like the world would be doomed. But because like I played the whole game respawning like a hundred times per level, <laughs> it felt so goofy to hear them say that. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have like a hardcore option where like if you die, you're, you're done? I don't done? think so. That would be like so fucking hard. That would be um, epic, though, if somebody could be Yeah, it. no, it would be. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was so funny. I was just like, this is ridiculous. And the funniest part is, actually, I think the dialogue is done really well in this game. This is another narrative thing that with, like, fast first-person platforms is important. What happens if you die while you're getting exposition? How do they deal with that, right? Yeah. So in Ghost Runner, they go back what to the beginning to of me? the sentence, and then they continue from that sentence. When you die, but that means if you die at the beginning like five times, you'll hear the beginning of the same sentence a bunch. But that's fine. But in that it's section on the boss, I died like during that sentence where they're like, "If you die, it's gonna be like permanent <laughs> or whatever." Like five times as I just instantly respawned, and I'm like, "This is so dumb." <laughs> um, you know, one thing I will say though is that platforming a lot of times first person platforming adds an element of verticality to first person um which i do appreciate yeah. and do like uh if nothing else like i destiny 2 does this a lot in my opinion the platforming is very simple but the platforming will be up some like a scene or something that set that makes you the experience feel extremely epic like uh-huh, yeah. uh it kind of, uh, I don't think I really super hit a situation like this in in uh, Ghost Runner. There was one part in that like crappy exposition part uh-huh. that had it where those green things were appearing, the yeah, green yeah. platforms were appearing. But it felt like, wow, I'm like way up here. I'm jumping up. There is a sense of like. Uh, oh, there are sections later like that for sure. Yeah. And, and you're in that big city stuff. Mm-hmm. like So like f- falling through the city. Doom had. Doom, you you were so heavy in Doom that yeah, like it was you, weird. you're just like you're like this big ass like rock <laughs> falling around. I don't know, like it was it was a little different in Doom. But like I said, Destiny's the main one. I'm thinking Destiny's like aesthetic anyway is is going more for these like epic, like cinematic mm-hmm. sprawling landscapey shots. Sometimes with like some minimalistic kind of uh, architecture in the background or whatever so like as you climb up and the silhouette sort of defines itself it can be cool from an experience perspective especially in my opinion if music is accompanying it totally. so that's actually where i was going to go the music ghost runner had um kind of like a electronic-y kind of yeah backdrop i don't know to if it. you experienced any of the sections that got really bumping but i i really liked their they like as the pace of the fights got more intense, the pace and the complexity of the music got more intense, which I really appreciated. It's hard to say. You know, I wonder, 
for me at least, maybe for other people this isn't the same, but if I'm streaming and I'm paying attention to interacting with the stream and, and stuff like that, that draws a certain amount of my attention that I'm sure that if I was playing a game, just me playing the game, I would be paying attention to some things more because for my sure. initial impression was that Ghost Runner's music just sort of blended into the game for me and didn't really stand out, but that that could be because it was just yeah that's uh, interesting it was, that's interesting it was put into the uh, like miscellaneous auxiliary not super necessary right now section of the brain totally. uh, while i was playing um i think one more important thing to talk about and then we'll wrap this up is the difference between third person 3d platforming and first person 3d platforming because i know you are a notorious hater of third person 3d platforming. i don't like third person um, no and that's one of the big advantages of first person 3d platforming is that you are in control of the camera and the camera is also your character right there's no yep. disconnect between what you can see and what your character can see or where your face where the camera's facing where your character's facing 3d platforming has a whole other set of problems because of that yes i agree I, I I do I will say though that you can also get a bit more information on third person platform. Totally. Like the, the thing I'm thinking of it right now, uh, I don't know what people think of it as a platformer, but like Crash Bandicoot, which is a 3D, has a lot of 3D platforming sections. Some of the original one, some of them, I don't know if it's bad design or it's just they were intentionally tough. Um, the thing you get with third person sometimes is you make a jump. And you understand really your depth on a platform or something like yeah. that, maybe a little better than you would do in first person where it literally requires a vertical movement to sort of orient yourself on the space you just landed on, right? So, right. Um, I think, I don't, I think, I think that's things that most good first person platformers or at least games that have those kinds of sections in them take into account and they make sure that when you land on something, you have ample space. Right, like they they take into account the fact that you 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 have that attentional focus zone in first person shoot in first person, and while you do control the camera, that camera is much more limited from a world view perspective right. than the third person. Right. And yeah, so that's you, interesting. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. No, that's a good point. If you um, had like a lot of these like tight little jumps in first person, that'd be pretty annoying, right? Like you're like, like looking yeah. up and down, looking yeah. up and down, looking up and down. And the design that means the design of first person platforming to make it feel good is even harder, right? Because every jump has to be very specifically placed to, so you know that it'll feel natural to the player. And again, I feel like that's a why if you put something to the diagonal that's an, it, unless you you got to do a good job like for example like the ghost runner example put a material on that platform that indicates to me this is where i'm going or whatever right, right. if it blends in like it did with doom which again we said was doom intentionally was like, Here's puzzly a green light on this platform if yeah, you're not after, after the, the fact you're like the oh i guess so like <laughs> fuck dude i guess yeah. that had a green light but this other fucker that, had a like, blue light specific like, direction then i could see the green light yeah yeah oh there's the green light but yeah the blue lights and the uh purple lights good nice colors those weren't shit but yeah. the green one was you know way yeah. over there whatever yeah. so like it was intentionally puzzly but that was a good example of like i don't know where i'm supposed to go and that's annoying like if totally. i if you had to do ghost runner and all the materials were the same color i could see you'd be so frustrated in certain parts right, right? you like this i thought i could mirror, wall run this is why mirror's edge did the highlighting thing right because right. otherwise you're just looking at normal buildings and there's no way to know what you can and can't parkour with yeah yeah 
So right. anyway. Anyway, where can people find us? You can find us at KOKoalaEntertainment.com. There you have a link to all of our social media and to all of our good things, including merch. Please consider supporting Ooh, our studio with merch. merch. This is the K- C.O. Koala. If you are from Colorado, uh, let or us you know. Like Message us on Instagram. If you like Colorado, if you're like Toby and you wish just he lived in Colorado, uh, we've got some merch for you, us being based in Colorado. Join our Discord. There you can participate in the idol game that we have going that introduces the intellectual the intellectual property the universe the universe for our upcoming game uh that was my inner like what's it called like quarterly pr voice you can read our quarterly powerpoint presentation discussing the details of our intellectual property on the discord by joining our electronic system service that we've implemented the with the purple logo called discord yes anyway so you can find all the things there instagram twitter all that good stuff uh sand squid in chat is telling us he's from canada and he is excited for the series x launch if you want to be cool like sand squid and show up and get shouted out in our in our podcast join us on twitch every monday at 8 30 p.m eastern there we stream our quality time episodes and uh yes 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 thanks for listening Uh, Thank you. Muchas gracias. Buenas noches. Goodbye. Good night. Nice. I don't think we.